What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only podcast where we review every live-action TV show based on a comic book or comic book property. For those of you who have been listening, you may have noticed some things have changed. One, the title, and two, me as your host. Uh, the board has made some big moves. They've decided this show needs a whole new revamp, so we have changed the name. They spent some time. They decided Show Show was better than Our Hour. Also, that I was better than Taylor. We will see. But don't worry. Not everything has changed. There's still some new people or some old people here with me. Here with me, as always, is Ryan. Oh, good. So you got your old joke in right away. Right away. It makes me feel better. I just got to let people know. I'm just wondering that like, I also applied to host for this show, and you got the job. So what board decision was made where you get it and not me? They just weren't sure if you were going to die right away is what I think it was. Because of old. Because of, of being old. old. Yeah. Good, 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 that? good. So, But you did apply for this position? I did, yes. Wow. Because uh, it took very little for me to get it. It was kind of just like, it was more of almost blackmail is how I got here. Do you know what's, it, what probably happened is that they were like, oh, he's overqualified. He's going to quit oh, super soon. Yeah, yeah, he's too good for this job. And you're so let's move, give it to Cassie. You're going to move on from it. If that makes you feel better, Ryan, we can stick with that. Here with me as always also is Mike. Mike, how's it going? It's going good. It might be, just like to really behind the curtain, I did have a couple of one-on-ones with the board, mm. and I said just fucking anybody but Ryan, please, and I gave them bags of money with dollar signs on them. <laughs> it was a good old bribe. What were in the bags? Oh, it was mostly coupons. <laughs> coupons is still money. Like, you're saving money. That's money in your pocket. Yeah, but Especially- you don't need the paper coupons anymore. Most grocery stores, you put in your phone number. There's the digital coupons. Like, it's really a waste of time. Stop cutting coupons. You're fine. Look at this young, hip guy. He knows about electronic coupons. Okay, so hold on. I'm going to be the old one, and Mike's going to be the young, hip one. I'm young, young hip. hip cool I'm guy. revamped. This is a shit show from the start. I'm like when they turned Connor Kent, like, he was no super. He was still super boy, but he went from leather jacket to, like, he just wears a t-shirt and jeans now. They've modernized him. I'm that. I didn't understand any of those references. I take it back. He is old. You guys are both. Oh, good. As the new host of the show, you didn't understand any of those comic book no, references. Did I, I didn't. I don't know, maybe I didn't bring it home enough. I it was I was so underqualified for this, but yet I got the position. It's crazy, you guys. It really it really just is too easy for these young kids these days. So I'm sure part of the interview was talking about how excited you are to work with me and Mike. So legends. why don't you tell us a- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they definitely referred to you guys as legends in the game. What, how did you respond to that? Oh, I said that I have been a babysitter for over 15 years in my life and that I know how to handle children. And that was pretty much like all it took. They were like, you just kind of need to rope them in, bring them in every once in a while. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. Do you do you often listen to the OCD and like, this is bullshit. There should be somebody on here. Why are they just talking so much nonsense? Yeah, while you guys are talking, I kind of pause it. And then in that moment, I'm like, you know what? This is where I would have told them to shut up. And then we could get back on track. This is not something to make fun of. Uh, talking to your podcast from your stereo while it's playing is a real thing. It's very real. Yes, many, those are your best friends, and you need to speak to them. Yeah. Mark Barron has you interviewed me so many times. You take breaks sometimes because you're like, no, I would, I would come in here right now. I got something to say. It would really make them laugh. And uh, you guys, as the new host, I do need you to laugh after every time I say something. <laughs> Thank, you, Thank you, Ryan. That felt so good. That felt good? Yeah. Okay, so I don't even have to make it more genuine than that? No, I liked that creepy Joker laugh that you just threw out. I was really into that. Uh, let's try this. <laughs> no. That one's that not one's, good. That one's that throw one's not that one work. out. Okay. I don't like that one. Mike, you got any laughs? Yes, Cassie. Yes, I do. Thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would like to hear it now. I got to judge both of your guys's. Oh, you want to hear it? Mm, I'm really used to lying in interviews. Oh, okay. So let's see. I actually don't know. <laughs> you know what? It went on longer than I thought. And hoped for. Yeah. 
chuckle. Wait, how do you laugh? Are you just like a ha? Yeah, I give you one like slight chuckle. Like it's kind of just like air going out through my nose, and that's when you really got me. That's, that's when you so got me sad. good. <laughs> what about like the old school car horn, like the auga? Is that as, a good laugh? As somebody's laugh? Yeah. Yeah, that would be so good, Ryan. So Is that how you're gonna that. laugh from now on? Yeah. Do you think it would come across natural? It, Mike, if you ever said something that made me laugh, then maybe you might be able to hear my laugh. <laughs> See, Mike, the problem with yours is that uh, somebody is jerking you off and tickling you all at the same time. Yeah, well, that's what I have to think of every time I want to laugh. I have, like, there's always a step between, I'm like, okay, a human emotion would happen here. What would make me fake that human emotion? It's almost always jerking off and tickling. This is Cassie's first show, and this is the kind of show that you want to bring to her. Honest, this is what, honest and vulnerable. A, yeah, that is what I want to bring. He's showing all of his cards. I know how broken of a man he is. I do like to work with. It can that. only go up from here for her. Thank you, Mike. I feel I feel very comfortable in this space. You're welcome, Ryan. Any deep deep dark secrets you want to reveal? I yes, of course. Um, I have at some points in my life, a couple of times, no more than three. Okay. Uh, jerked off Mike while tickling him, <laughs> and so. All right. All I, right. I'm going to wrap this in. We can't We can't go down this road, you guys. Uh, we are going to go into what you, everyone is here for. Coming up, we are going to dig into our bullpen, talk about a movie called Birds of Prey, and then follow it up with our main event where we are going to talk about the first episode of Lock and Key. Click, click, boom. All right. We are officially in the bullpen. Welcome, everyone. Um, what do you think of it? It's, it's a pretty cool space. I'm into this. You don't think it's a little Did- hot? No. I mean, you could drop it two degrees lower and that was in my rider but i'm gonna let it pass it's okay oh i I'm what's your optimal temperature 69 is that that's so crazy because mine's 420 oh. that is you are dead you will be <laughs> dead in five minutes no that that temperature is lit lit af dog you you know what ryan you might be you might be young hip guy and as a young hip guy can you tell me are the kids into birds of prey what's going on with this after getting ditched by her puddin', Mr. J, and thereby making it so Jared Leto never asked to appear as the Joker again, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn gets her own movie, or at least she gets to headline a movie with a team other than the Suicide Squad in Birds of Prey, or the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, or Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey, depending on which week you saw it. The film tells the story of Harley's post-breakup, which leads to a little kid who steals a diamond that is wanted by the villain Black Mask, played by Ewan McGregor. Along the way, other DC women get wrapped up in the case, including Renee Montoya, The Huntress, and Black Canary. There is, of course, no OG Birds of Prey oracle, because apparently when DC gets feminist, they also get ableist. The ladies team up, kill the bad guys, and save the day as well as any of those dumb boys would do. Taste buds, I ask you this. Does this movie continue DC's alleged bounce back from Snyder Hell? I think so. It is a glittery delight. It's bright, it's peppy, it's fun. And it was, this does have female directors, so there was like a lot of glitter in there, right? She really vamped that up? There's a lot of glitter, there's a lot of guns that shoot instead of bullets. Uh, Surprise glitter balls, Uh uh, uh, like beanbags of paint and awesome. She, She weaponizes color. Like and it's that that scene where where Harley Quinn attacks the police precinct is seems like a fuck you to Snyder and everything he represents. Do you know what, I, what my problem though was with that scene, Mike? And this is sort of indicative of how I felt about the movie. It took forty five minutes to get there. Mm. Like we had to do so much intro, backing intro, up intro, and explaining. Intro. Yeah, and 
forward and reversing until we got to get to a scene where it felt like the filmmakers actually cared about. But I, I like it was a little slow for an intro because they were worried nobody had heard of movies before, so they had explained that process and then every character and what a character does. And they started from yeah. the beginning, like they the showed just how Edison, yeah, killing Topsy the elephant. <laughs> and let's see, like, does a horse ever hit all four legs at the same time? Is it ever flying? We had to go through the entire history of film, which I found educational but a bit surprising. Uh, I mean, there, there were fun moments in those, in that 45-minute ramp-up, but I do think once they got there, it fucking motored and was nothing but great. Yeah, I think that I hated this. Um, and I'm trying to figure out why other than... Sexism. Uh, you hate women? <laughs> nice, nice, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, fellow panelists. Uh, no, what I was going to say is other than my uh, deep, deep Marvel love, which then translates to deep, deep DC hate, and uh, for me, it was a lot of... If, the, the entire movie felt like two people wrote it, and then they gave that to two people, and then they gave that to two people, and I just had to sit there and watch like this cacophony of random ideas sort of flow together. It was, in a lot of ways, a lot like Rise of Skywalker, where nobody had control, and I just had to sit there. But where Rise of Skywalker was emotionless, this, at least, like every scene made me feel something. And it felt like it was on purpose. I guess. But like, what, what are you supposed to feel other than uh, Girls Rock 2? And I do not want to be the person who comes onto a podcast. <laughs> and I, see, I don't think they hit that too. It really did. I thought the characters all had their own motivations. And it just happened to be these like five women against these two dudes. On the Oscars recently, uh, Sigourney Weaver came out with Gal Gadot and Brie Larson. Okay, so a Marvel hero, a DC hero, and then like the original the female one action true hero. hero. Yeah. And they were like, there are female heroes. And then Sigourney Weaver followed it up with, all women are heroes. And like, do you see how that's like maybe a step too far? There have been awful women. Yeah. And what it does is not from like a anti feminist standpoint, which I know that you guys think I am, but just from a screenwriting storytelling standpoint, if they keep saying it, it sort of ruins the effect of when they say it well and when they do it good. But I thought I thought they did a pretty good job, better than a lot of all the movies in general. Like Harley Quinn is an anti-hero. Like she does fucked up shit, and people are constantly in her movie telling her, like she does good things sometimes, but is for the most part a piece of garbage. Did I did I ever tell you guys that like uh, my mom's brother was a villain? That no. he, yeah, like that my uncle was a villain, but he was married to my anti-hero. And okay. she really okay. tried to save that relationship okay. as much as she could. Uh, there was a lot of setup for that one. <laughs> the other thing, too, that they do, and this has been done by a lot of movies, and I did some research and I thought about it, and I could not come up with a single example, but I do not think that hurts my argument at all, is that very early in the movie, uh, Harla- Harleen, what's her first name? Harleen Quinzel. Harleen and Cassandra. Not the fault. Uh, they watch, they they pour a bowl of cereal and then they watch TV and what's on is a Looney Tune. And I feel like so often that movies do that just to say like, we have established that Looney Tunes are in the world and now you're going to watch a Looney Tune. It's not Space Jam, it's not back in action, but now we can do whatever the fuck we want. My my issue with this is everybody always watches cartoons from 40 years ago or older because I think it's cheaper or free and they laugh so hard. Oh yeah. I like Looney Tunes too, but I'm never going to bust a gut. I, I, it depends on the Looney Tune. Like I don't, I don't think Tweety Bird is going to uh, gut bust any of my guts. But if you give me a good Bugs Bunny, where like he's on, like that's an on yeah. day for him, Just like he, full femme Bugs. Yeah, then then I'm going to be into it. But. I think what happened is that they just not 
pick their rules correctly or they picked no rules and they just got to do whatever they wanted to. Yeah, I, I think that, and there's issue with Deadpool as a character in this too because they're pretty similar. Uh, they went, oh, she's zany. And that was their true north. But that's not a great true north. Like you have to have something other than zany plus MacGuffin. Uh, I just think the disparate scenes created a pretty fun Frankenstein to look at. Okay, and that would be a good final word, but I'm going to keep pressing you on that. Did you see the movie Suicide Squad? I did. Do you think that because I didn't, that your frame of reference is much more forgiving? I mean, it might be. I think I'm trying to just hold it on its own. Like, And Wonder Woman is great until the final act. Shazam was an awful first act and then was fun. Like, I do think DC's figuring out, but they haven't had a full-on great movie yet. So maybe every DC movie is graded on some sort of curve. Do you think that Wonder Woman would have been better if they just cut to Shazam's third act right towards the oh end? Oh my god, yes. You just fix every DC show by like mixing them all together? Yeah. That should be the new Suicide Squad. It's just... No, it's called a remix. We're not redoing Watchmen. It's a remix. Yeah. Mike, let's talk about the uh, five ladies mm-hmm. together. Because I think that this is when the movie was at its best. And then yes. al- also at its most eye-rolling worst. Because there was a lot of times where they did the thing of... Banter is just banter. If you say the word banter, it doesn't matter. Just talk quickly, and then it's fine. Uh-huh. But then sometimes they really gelled. What was your batting average for them? Uh, higher than lower, because I don't know how batting averages work. No, it's a sports <laughs> term, and yeah. you don't know what that means. 700. Is that good? That is an cr- incredible <laughs> batting average. <laughs> Unreal. <Is it>? Unreal. <laughs> I thought like 1,000 was like tip-top. 1,000 uh, is perfect. Okay. So 650. Uh, I, I feel like that if you hit a thousand in a season, most people will, will say that was tip top. <laughs> that was tip top. <laughs> you did a tip top job. Uh, yeah, I, I mean that's one of the, the movie's flaws is like just get them together right away. You don't need to like give them a here's who like Guardians of the Galaxy got the Guardians of the Galaxy together pretty quickly. You should do that. And one of them was a raccoon. Like, there's no reason for them to be together. The best scene of the movie by far, as far as the team goes, was their uh, celebratory margaritas. And oh, yeah. that was two and a half minutes, and then Harley Quinn goes back to being Harley Quinn. Like, just get the fucking team together, bros. And I, I loved their funhouse fight scene. Uh, I th- one, I thought it was a dope fight scene. What, what this movie did really well is I felt every bone crunch. So oh, I, yeah. Like, watching Hostile used to make me uncomfortable, and some of them made me feel that. Like, it was gross and uncomfortable in the best way. No, we've moved so far past Hostile that if the directors, the filmmakers of Hostile watched this movie, they would vomit. Um, vomit eyeballs. Harley Quinn is on stage at a strip club, uh-huh. and uh, there's a dude, a rich white dude, who says, "Hey, why don't hey bitch, why don't you get off the stage?" And while his feet are up on the table, she jumps directly onto his knees, and it is horrifying to look at. <laughs> yeah, that, that was rough stuff. And then, and just that sound effect followed through the rest of the movie. Uh, other things I think they did well. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I think, had the least to do as Huntress. Mm-hmm. But what they gave us of her, like, she's supposed to be the most badass of all of them. And watching that she's this socially awkward kid because she watched her parents get got and then grew up trained to assassin, which means she doesn't know how to be a person. Right. All of that loved it. And her, like, practicing her superhero-ness. Yeah. Uh, that was definitely the best. She never knows uh, how to laugh or, like, when uh-huh. to laugh. You know, it's always, like, an inappropriate volume of laughter at an inappropriate time <laughs> that definitely did work um but i could have used all of them sooner you know yes. like th- and this is sort of the problem is that the movie makes a point of saying that uh every male character is bad oh, god guys i do not want to sound like a 4chan <laughs> uh troll here but get the guys out of the movie 
You know, like we understand. Get the girls together as fast as fucking right. possible. And this is my first. Um, I don't know. Like this is my first time with Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, and she did great. She was awesome. But I also have the benefit of every third movie that comes out features Margot Robbie, so yeah. I don't know if I needed this. You know, I was so there's that. How do you feel about the villains as villains? How did Ewan McGregor and Victor Zaz do? Okay, so I love Mindy Kaling's boyfriend, Chris Messina, from Chris Messina, uh, thank you. The, Min- the Mindy Project. Um, b- and I'm not trying to do this up against Gotham, but uh, that Victor Zaz was so uninspired and unoriginal. It was like I looked up in a dictionary, um, crazy villain, and read the, like, the 20-word definition, and that was boring. And then with Ewan McGregor, I thought it bounced back and forth between Try Hard and... Uh, I don't know. I kind of like that. Look at this tiny head. Now it's just a decoration of my house is something I've just said to myself. Like that was his best scene where he like this rich white guy bragging about the stuff he owns while knowing it's ridiculous. All of it. Which was, I think, a throwback to Batman 89 where he walks uh, Michael Keaton watch, walks uh, Kim Basinger through like all these rooms that uh-huh. just have stuff. I just keep making eye contact with this very suave picture of Mike that I'm looking at. <laughs> do you do you think that was on purpose? Like, this is the warped version of Bruce Wayne? Uh, yeah, for sure. Like, it could go uh, down one path or the other. And that's when he was funniest. Is like, isn't it crazy I'm a villain? Like, isn't that so weird? Um, but then there were a lot of times where he looked up uh, the Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, Joaquin Phoenix, you know, book of acting and said, I'm a villain and aren't I crazy? <laughs> the, the one scene, let's talk about this one scene if we have to bounce soon, is uh, he, he gets pissed and then another uh, table at his bar is laughing. And so he, oh, ju- yeah. he just says, oh, they're laughing at me and then takes the girl, one of the girls at the table, has her stand on the table and then says, uh, dance on the table and then uh, has another guy cut the dress off. That was gross to watch. There's like eight villains going on here, and they just didn't gel. And that's what I thought about all of the elements of this movie. And with that, it's like the movie's like, I don't know if people are going to get that he's a bad guy. Let's yeah. just shove that. I'm like, no, we, bro, we knew. We knew he was the worst before that gross scene. Do you just wish that Jared Leto was in this movie? Yeah, I, well, why not? Have, no, do no, you know what I want is the next Harley Quinn movie. It should just be her and a cartoon Joker. Oh, the, the way they had it here. Just like Roger Rabbit, that shit. I thought uh, my favorite part of the movie was the first 30 minutes where they didn't go back and forth that quickly because it did get confusing at a certain point, and this movie uh-huh. never should. Um, and it really was just about uh, Harleen Quinzel's uh-huh. post-breakup moment, you know? And if yeah. that was an entire movie, if it was just the or the emancipation of uh, one Harley Quinn, I thought that could have been good, but like there was just too much to do, and they jammed it all in. I did not like this movie. I, I think you're wrong, but I think they got afraid of, like, again, taking from Guardians of the Galaxy, it's okay if you just made a Birds of Prey movie. But they were like, people won't watch that. We have to put Harleen in there. And that helped starting the overstuffness. I'm pumped for the next Birds of Prey and the next Harley movie where they all have more room to breathe. When they got their costumes and now they just fight crime and uh, way more Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yes. The world needs that. And, like, I just wanted Mary Elizabeth, but instead, they showed other people. Okay, yeah, that is my cue to come in. Cut this off, you guys. So it sounds like you guys have some mixed reviews. The world might be a little mixed on it. Coming up next in our main event, we're going to see how the reviews are for the new show, Lock and Key. Welcome back to the main event, where we are going to talk about the first episode of Netflix, Lock and Key. 
in this episode, after Nina's husband, Rendell, is murdered by one of his students, she takes their kids, Tyler, Kinsey, and Bodie, to lock Ancestral Home, Key House, to start life over. They learn the small town knows their past and maybe more than they do. Things get wonky when Bodie starts talking to an Echo at the bottom of a well who reveals there are hidden keys that will open powerful doors throughout the Key House. Taste buds, I ask you this. What's working more in Lock and Key's favor? The creepy atmosphere that hints at dread in every scene or the interactions between the Lock family? All right. That's a good question. Thank Cassie, you. thank <laughs> you for asking us that. Yeah. The... Teenage stuff doesn't super work. Mm-hmm. I thought the rest of it. What was the first part of the question? The spooky key the, shit. The, the spooky atmosphere. Spooky key shit. There's like seven <laughs> scenes where they just throw keys at each other, and that's yeah. that's weird. I thought that was spectacular. And guys, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, Mike, going back to Birds of Prey and how I didn't mm-hmm. see Suicide Squad, I did watch October Faction, and this is the exact same premise, but done so poorly. So maybe I love this because I saw how it could be bad. Mm. Uh, but I, ha- I, sorry. I thought that the spooky part was like honestly legit great for a Netflix show based on a comic book, and I thought the teenager stuff was forced in, but fine. I I thought it was but fine. <laughs> it's a fine but but fine. I haven't watched October Faction, and this is I was so hard not to keep watching this show. It it was surprisingly scary for no gore, like a show that truly figures out like here's other parts of horror as a genre and what we can do. Echo scared the shit out of me. I do not like that character. I don't want a woman in a well talking to anybody. What super fucked me up. I think it is for me. It's definitely the atmosphere. And I don't know if it'll come like maybe the characters need to interact more and their flow will get better, but it's definitely the atmosphere. Cause specifically with that well scene, what fucked me up was the like perspective change for when the kids looking down the well, it seems like it's so far down there. But then when you're from her view, it seems so close. He's like four feet above her. Yeah. They can high five each other. Like it's just (laughs) one easy little jump. Like she needs a one foot vertical and she is right there. But the scariest thing is that they could high five, but they don't. They don't. That scares the shit out of me. Leave each other hanging. Let no five left gone unhide. Of course. Um, Yeah, like the October faction was, it felt like that they had a horror comic on their hands that was okay, but we have to jam so much teenage Riverdale CW drama in. Mm -hmm. When I was with Taylor and Kinsey, uh, I didn't miss being back at the house. But when I was back at the house, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, we're back mm-hmm. at the house. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big thing. Not just that, like, look, you're never going to get me in- invested in Taylor and Kinsey if that house is still back at the house. But I still wa- I wasn't pissed off about it, you know? Is it just, like, the mystery of the house that you loved about it? Or you just, like, like, is it the kid who's at the house that really brought it for you? Or It was the fact that, like, Taylor and Kinsey, uh, the storylines were not A+, but they weren't F. Mm-hmm. You know, like... I understand that you have to develop your characters. And so I'm, I'm watching thinking like, yes, we have to get more invested in these characters. And you know what? You're doing fine with that. Like, I sort of am not upset. I think, yeah, for, for a pilot and for a Netflix show pilot based on a comic book, it, the pacing was great. And the characters all kind of slowly revealed themselves. Like some of it was ham-fisted, but so much better than your Day Breaks or October Factions. Uh, and the, the little kid is a good... At, I think out of the kids, he's the best of them. There's two reasons for that, I think, of why the episode as a whole... And again, we've only watched one episode. But mm-hmm. uh, one, uh, make sure that you have an intro that does not have like, oh my God, my algebra's late. But instead, a guy that we do not know puts a key into his chest and his house oh, lights on fire. Yeah. So I'm probably in at that point. Work. Yeah. 
I know how keys work. Oh, also, like I liked that part because I'm like I'm hooked. But the he picks up a phone, he hears Locke is dead, and he goes, "What happened?" And the person says, "You know what happened." We don't need that. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst writing. Was the first three lines. Well, he should have picked up the phone and it was the writers being like, "What are you doing right now?" Why <laughs> would you answer the phone? And then the second part is that uh, the kids' storylines of like, "Oh, like are they going to hit it off at the party? Like, will he make the hockey team? Will?" Uh, this girl fall in love with the, the, the horror fan. That's all whatever. But it's the trauma that they're going through that the town thinks of as a joke. But they actually went through that shit that does right. make it interesting. And so every time they meet somebody new, uh, Taylor is a hockey stud and good at making friends, right? Mm-hmm. He looks uh, – he's handsome. You know, that's sort of all you need in high school. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's like, hey, man, you're, you're our friend now because you're handsome and you're good at sports. And then somebody makes a joke about like – Man, I bet you get so much fucking pussy because your dad died. That was the most unreal <laughs> moment. Like, straight up in the middle of practice. Like, they're like, hey, you're good at hockey. And also, you're going to get mad puss. <laughs> Did you know this? Welcome to it. Girls love sad boys. <laughs> but then Taylor says, hey, that's fucked up. Maybe don't, like, introduce yourself about that. So watching them go through the trauma that they think they're done with, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, our, our dad died. And that's probably it for, like, the hard times of our life. It'll probably all be normal now. And then we know that that's not the case. That made it okay as opposed to like, will I, won't I kiss the girl? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was those moments where they cut back to and you realize like how much more, there was so much more to that night than just him dying that like really hit. Like once we got to piece more of that together, it became like really, I was like way more invested. And even if it was like a poorly shot, poorly written show, mm-hmm. Netflix, uh, you have to get us to binge this shit and this is how you do it. Yeah. Like yeah. there are... It's not that there's no questions, and there's not that there's questions that we don't even know how to ask. There's very clear questions that we have, and I, I want to watch the second episode. Yeah. Isn't that easy TV to do? Yeah, it's does the uncle know? Is Does the mom forget? Because at the end, they get sucked into Mirror World, and they save the mom, and she stops mid-sentences from like understanding this house is filled with magical keys, and then goes... Did you have fun at your party? Which is the scariest part of all of Dude, it. Like, just and it's like, oh, do adults not know? Yeah, that's a good question, though. What was the one thing in the show that, uh, like, there's a bunch of horror tropes, but what was the trope in this show that like really went up your guys's butthole? Like, what is the one that like really freaks you out? Because we have people in the mirror smiling. Like, there's a lot. God. Mm. That one, that one gets me. The one that always gets me, and it was a small moment, but I hate that horror movies do it. Is when you got to stick your hand down a garbage disposal. Oh, yeah. God, it's the worst. The thing switch ever. is right there. It's I can't like, believe he just did that. Yeah. Also, the other thing, uh, Bodie is actually the worst because they wrote a uh, like five year old or six year old kid as a two year old. Yeah, he, he's like, dumb as fuck. Uh, he is dumb <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> but he puts his hand down there, and it's covered in the dirtiest garbage the disposal muck I've ever seen. Yeah. And then, uh, like, goes to like unlock the key or whatever, but does not wipe his arm off, no, bro. There's no, it's filthy yeah, right wipe now. Your arm, you disgusting hose beast. <laughs> uh, mine is the mere smiling is rough for me to watch. Yeah. But we had us yeah. this year, so the whole like uh, pleasant people smiling weird in a mirror, like I feel like us covered. For me, it's Echo. Because in every movie that has like a little kid meeting some sort of supernatural thing like E.T., the kid says, no, they're good. And everybody doesn't believe him. 
And then with Bodie, he's like, no, this person's good. And the first second that E.T. of this show gets, that Echo gets, she's like, thanks for the key, idiot. You're stupid and I hate you. I'm going to murder all of you. And that was enough for me to be like, all right, yeah. yeah these no, ghosts no, know man. what's up. The kid was just like desperately like, everything's fucked. My mom is lost forever. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's a prison. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> now you got me to escape. Thank you. You know what's going to make it worse? Me. <laughs> I think the biggest bullshit of this episode is uh, the the kid, the oldest kid, is smoking, and the, the Kinsey finds him, and they're talking. They're like, you know what? Let's like take a picture and like be a family. And it's this great background. It's this show makes New England look beautiful. And then the picture they send, they cut out all the gorgeous landscapes. Yeah, it's just their stupid, stupid giant heads. faces. That's terrifying. That, that that's what you think is important in that picture, idiot. How freaky would it have been if they got a text back from their dead dad's phone? That's like, hey, learn how to take pictures. That's what uh, that was my <laughs> Look, biggest I, fear is that there was going to be. But then I saw it went to the mom. But I was like, oh man. <laughs> but God in heaven said, uh, your name is Rendell. That's a too dumb of a name it's to text back to your children. You can't do <laughs> yeah, that. You're not allowed, <laughs> Rendell. You deserve to die. <laughs> also, these keys. All right. Do you guys? Did either one of you read the comic book? I read the first trade. We have the key that opens a door to wherever you want. Mm-hmm. And then what's the other key? Uh, the mirror yeah, key. The mirror key. Uh, do you guys know which one you would definitely pick and what you would use it for? Not the fucking yeah, mirror there's key. No- there's All right. No so, like, okay. <laughs> so we're not doing the mirror key. Where w- what door would you guys open up to? I honestly, I'm just like a little five year old kid. I'd probably go to an ice cream shop too. Like the very first thing, just be like, I can go anywhere. I'm gonna go to that ice cream shop. And I love how Bodie, who again has like mental disorders, like he is a he's, he's a so dumb dumb. He's a very low IQ. Uh, he opens up the the key or uses the key to open up the door to the ice cream shop, and then the uh, Scott, the guy who wants Kinsey so bad, is like, also you have to pay for that. And he's like, That's what? what? <laughs> I don't even care about the magic of getting here. How could you ask me for money right now? Yeah, I'm an idiot, <laughs> sir. But he did. That was the one moment I respected him because he didn't even try to play it off. Like, you know, normally you'd be like, oh, yeah, I just got to go get it from my mom or whatever. He was like, OK, cool. And just walked out. <laughs> but he was like, all right, cool. Yeah, man, I'll get you. Uh, I don't like the character of Scott. I think he comes on strong. and He seems too much like we've seen shows do a version of him. But he gave one of the, my favorite lines of the show, which is uh, he names her Rocky Road. He's like, because it's the ice cream you ordered. And also, I've noticed that your life has been really hard for you. <laughs> And she's like, I ate mint chip. He's like, yeah, but this is a better nickname. <laughs> but respect my joke that I just made. What he does do, though, and this is a TV thing, and I'm trying not to be upset, but he finds Kinsey like, underneath the stairs and then brings his lunch down there and then like tries to bond with her and does not take a single bite of his lunch and then takes his entire full lunch away once there's like a That's pause in the now, conversation. Bro. Like, What are you doing? <laughs> Your mom packed you that Lunchable because she loves you, and he's not taking a single bite of it. Kids just don't care, man. Also, that downstairs area, like, that school is Hogwarts. That was the most buck wild yeah. school, for sure. Yeah, I wonder it, how weird the school is going to be. Because basically what we have right now, uh, people that aren't Kinsey or Scott or Taylor, is the worst rich white people students that you have ever seen. Yeah. You know, Is there a reason for that? Is this city awful? Or is this just like what the show wants us to think about students? Well, students suck. If you're in school, you're the worst. But yeah, it's like the, everybody kind of seems to know they're the Locke family, and this is key. It feels like Wayne Manor. This like, is key. Did he say this Locke's is key? He didn't. Okay. Used to own this town, and so there's like I bet everybody's a little off. Do you like? I remember when I was in middle school or high school, like parents and grandparents died all the time, and we didn't just like make them pariahs of the school and try to make fun of them at every point. But was it this gruesome that they died? You know. And who is this? Who who killed Randall? 
Are we supposed to know or Rendell? Rendall? So I, I think it's only a little hinted at. This is mostly grasping from what I remember from the comic is Rendell was a guidance counselor. And Who then, but right there, deserves to die. Yeah, fuck you. You're trying to help kids. Uh, and one of his students slowly started to piece something together about Key House uh, and went crazy. Because I think if you know there's a house that has this much power, it will drive you crazy. Yeah, my first thought was that he was in love with Kinsey. Mm-hmm. And then my second thought was that he was in love with Rendell. But I just, I forgot the title of the show, right? Like the house made him go cuckoo bananas. In love with those keys. Yeah. It's the, it's the shining. It's, it's, uh, haunting of Hill House. It's the house warps you. Can we talk about the mirror scene real quick? The mirror scene, and I mean mirror like the reflective thing, not like the Russian space satellite. Did you guys think I was talking about like MIR, the mirror satellite? I thought you meant like mirror woods up in Northern California. It was cheesy because of us, and it's cheesy because we have so many characters in all the movies that we watch go into like, uh, you know, mirror carnival rooms and like, oh, I don't know which is real and what's the reflection. But here's what I love about it. One, Always, when you send anyone anywhere, give them a rope. Because that rope will be so powerful. <laughs> and two, they took the most boring characters, Taylor and the mom, and then brought, put them in the mirror room and then brought them out. And we don't know who they are anymore. So what was once boring is now, I don't know if they're monsters or not. Yeah, that's a good point. Because when they were both in there, I was like, you know what? They can't be stuck in that prison. I, I would be fine watching <laughs> yeah. this from here out. It's okay. It's cool. Instead of writing people out from your, for, from your pilot to your second episode, do it in the pilot. Yeah, just just like kill people in the pilot. It's like mid-filming. They're like, you know what? I don't think these characters are working. Let's just get them in there. Uh, Go to the box. <laughs> You're in the mirror box. I uh, have to. Watch the second episode, which is yeah. rare for me to say. Mike, what is your over-under on episodes that we will actually watch before we get tired of it? Five. You don't think we're going to go the distance? Oh, Two. I mean, I'm, I, it's hard. I can't remember the last time I was so jazzed about a pilot of one of our shows that wasn't Watchmen or Elite. I can't remember the last time uh, you were so jazzed that you used the term jazzed. Like, you are... I know. Fucked. Look at these hands. <laughs> they jazzy as hell. Yeah, I think I'm going to go the distance. Cassie, you, uh, as the new host, I guess, of the Superhero Show Show, mm-hmm. you have a lot of shows to watch on your plate is yeah. this one of yours do you think or are you moving on i think this one it was it did surprise me because it does it did good like you guys were talking about like get the gang together sooner this one they got like the keys together sooner like if they keep up that ratio of like you get to see this many keys and get to unlock this much more of the mystery for like, sure I'm in. I'm in for sure when echo mentioned the keys i was like all right fine episode eight we'll get yeah. to see one key and, and they just got- like blew keys out yeah <laughs> the kid was just it's it's i just got it's creepy narnia Oh, it is. It is. It's a bunch of kids traveling around a house, and they keep getting sucked to different places. Can we talk about the uncle real quick? Because right there, uncle oh, is uncle. a shitty word. Yeah. you're like you're a piece of well, shit if you're an uncle. The creepiest family. Yeah, and he take he did not take care of this house, even though he his brother's dead. He's supposed to be taking care of this family. And he's like, I didn't do that chore either. I uh, when I was watching this, I looked up the uncle because uh, he looks so familiar, and I had seen none of his movies or TV shows. What? Yeah, and then I realized that his name's like Bob Ashmore. And he has a twin brother named Sean Ashmore, yeah. who was Iceman from the X-Men movies. But I've never seen this actor before. Uh, the, only, the only time I've seen him is they played twins in Smallville. They were evil twin powers. Evil twin feels redundant to me. <laughs> just say it's, Twins are gross. They should all be killed. <laughs> or just one of them, right? Both nope. of them? <laughs> you you got to be sure. What, you're going to wait for one of them to grow a goatee? Get, but do we think that this guy is like on the up and up? Is he going to be a hero? Is he like an ultimate villain? He's a sleazebag. Yeah, he's going to suck. I, th- I think he's just going to suck. He's definitely going to hit on the mom. Yeah. Because uh, he's an uncle. Yeah. If, if, if your brother dies, it is biblically and legally upon you. You must hit on the widow. 
But yeah, I mean, there's definitely some things. I'm excited enough where I'm definitely in it. I think Netflix, uh, they did a good job on this one. I think they've they've done good. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, after watching October Faction, like, my mind was blown on this episode. Because yeah. that was so, so dumb. Well, after this, I think we've decided, Lock and Key, the first one you've passed, we're in. Let's see if the other shows made it on our pool list. Coming up next. All right, we're here now in the pool list. We're starting everything off with Black Lightning. On this week's episode of Black Lightning, it's the team-up episode of the season as family, friends, and previous foes come together to save Mama from the Markovian compound where she is being forced to create metahuman stabilizing serums by the new baddie on the scene, a.k.a. Gravedigger, who is not, like I had immediately assumed, the monster truck, but is a metahuman <laughs> who can control people by telling them to do things, played by Wayne Brady. Oh, um, shit! Yeah, guys. <laughs> unlike, Mr. Talent. Mr. Talent, but unlike whose line, there's not just one star of this episode as each person puts their sick-ass powers to use and shows that teamwork really is the dream work as they save Mama. So, Taste Buds, I ask you this. Which Black Lightning character do you think is secretly into improv? Wow. And Probably Gravedigger. Over Not instead Gra- of Gravedigger. I mean, first, yeah, Gravedigger's. I feel is the obvious. I like. Uh, I have yeah, Mike. That was clearly the, like the original cl- cast. Um, I have reservations about a character or real human named Mama because they're either the sweetest, fattest, like giant bosomed, greatest hug giver that you've ever met, yeah. or they want to kill you. It can only go one of those two ways. And yet, I would like to see Mama. On stage at an improv show. Especially if that's like her persona as she comes in on the team. Like, she's just mama. She's here. Yeah. And you know what? There's going to be times where, like, it seems like she doesn't understand what's going on, but it makes you feel stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, like, she never looks stupid. Oh, never. We're on opposite sides of like I- that because I feel like uh, the dad, aka uh, Mr. Black Lightning himself, is probably into prof. Just because when I watched the show, he was a principal still. And I always assume that principals just are like into improv or they have some weird side hobby that's like <laughs> should be hidden. But once you get them talking about it, they will go off on it. And that's why I feel like it's him. Most principals that I've ever met are their side hobby is uh, not enjoying pubic hair. That's typically what I've seen. But I guess, you know, different principals than me. Uh, Mike, who's the improv <laughs> character from Black Lightning? Uh, I think it's Gamby. I think he's super into it, but super bad at it. Like he makes, he tries to do like hack jokes in the middle of every scene. He doesn't get what heralds are. At the end of everything he does, does he say, "And that's a gambit"? Yes. Yeah, and he literally says, "Yes, and <laughs> that's a gambit." It's yes, and and a pause as he's like, "Okay, play into it." Yes, and and then looks at them like it's your fault. You didn't have something to say as soon as I said yes, and I was because I followed the space, rules, motherfuckers. I was here for it. Well, you guys, I. Those were great picks. I feel like the whole team, if they did put an improv team together, I'd probably go see it, you know, on a Friday Wait, night. did you watch Black Lightning? No, I did not watch okay. Black Lightning. I would, <laughs> that watch, was weird. I that would was watch their improv show before I watch the show. But, <laughs> That's a I good mean, call. It does. If you do want to see it, it airs on Mondays on the CW. Next up is Runaways. On episode 309 of The Runaways, the remaining parents and remaining children band together for the final battle versus Morgan Le Fay with some teamwork, which I will admit makes the dream work. Some slow motion shots and a whole lot of salt. They send her witch ass to hell, but not before she attacks and kills Gert. Taste buds, I ask you this. Do we think that dead means dead on the runaways? And please consider that there is only one more episode left ever. Nah. I was going to say, there's no way. You think Gert is back next episode? Yeah, yeah. Even though, like, I think they're not brave enough, even knowing it's ending, to do that. 
The worst part of the show, the episode, was that somebody was like trying to like cheer her on to get away from the danger, and they were like, but they have that spell of whatever they say happens, and they were like, go, Gert! And she turned into a tube of warm yogurt. That was <laughs> hard she, to watch. That didn't get her away? She's that still, didn't, no. Man. I, I don't know if you guys ever have fought a go-gurt, but it's easy. Like, you can beat that up. <laughs> it kind of just flops around, but it makes it elusive. I, this is weird for me because there's one episode left. We're going to cover it next week. I have such fond feelings for this show because I'm an idiot. And I also am so glad that it's over soon. Because yeah. it is getting, like, it always dabbled in stupid. Not as much as, like, Riverdale ever did, but it, it's always dabbled in stupid. And right now it is. Whew, it is King hardcore. So dumb. There's one point where um, it turns out that when witches start their spell, you can't, they can't stop. They have to go. So they put Molly in the middle of a witch circle, and they all start their spell. Uh, and then uh, one of the dads comes and sees Molly there. She's all trance, but he just comes in the middle of the spell, just picks her up and runs away, and they can't <laughs> stop. So they all like glare at him, but they have to continue <laughs> their spell right in towards the middle of nothing. That's, Guys, this show's dumb. That's sh- that sounds like I'm into it though. Like that seems like they know how dumb it is and they're playing into it, but it didn't it didn't hit. There uh, there was I mean like it makes me keep watching, I guess, those moments. There uh, I just wish that like at one point the the dad who got uh, Molly like looked at the camera and it was like <laughs> it's a living or something. <laughs> yeah. When um, Gert is the one with the dinosaur. Yes. Okay. Does, is the dinosaur like? Is it a soulbound connection? How's the dinosaur doing now that? Oh my God, Cassie! I am so glad that you asked. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So this whole ba- last battle, old lace, the dinosaur for some reason is put into a cage, and when Gert dies, this is my moment of the week, by the way. When Gert dies, the dinosaur finally breaks out of it, and then uh, he's upstairs. Gert dies downstairs, and the Velociraptor. This clever girl of ours uh, runs down three stairs, see what's going on, and then to the high heavens, screams as if the dinosaur wants an Oscar so bad, <laughs> like clutches fists and yells to the heavens. And it is the funniest thing I have. Like, if you were sad at all yeah. about Gert dying, you are no longer. Because <laughs> it gave you the best scene ever. Does that mean, like, what if we replace the whole episode with dinosaurs? Would we get more emotion out of it? But then Gert. Was the dinosaur? So like a bunch of dinosaurs fight. One of the dinosaurs died, and then Gert runs down. Yes, that would have been much better. Did they even get to say goodbye? No, he did not get to say goodbye. But I don't know what that does. Like with your, if if we had a psychic psychic link to each other, if one of us dies, do the rest of us die, or are we just real sad? How does that work? It just hurts a lot. You die inside, is what. But guys, know? that would happen. Now, if you guys died, I would hurt inside a lot. Oh, my God, Ryan. That's not true. <laughs> Shut up. I'll get over it. But what? yeah, my moment of the week was for sure Old Lace saying, what do they have, Emmys? They have Emmys for TV? And then just trying to earn it as a CGI dinosaur as hard as he could. <laughs> Ryan, that sounds like a great moment of the week. Next, we are going to move on to... Runaways is on Hulu at all times, by the way. All times? You can get it whenever? You can get it whenever. All right. Very cool. Another show you can get whenever is Sabrina. It's on Netflix. And on the fourth episode of Sabrina, Nick is living his best Amsterdam life as he downs bottles of absinthe, gets addicted to drugs, parties with sex demons, and fights Satan, while the rest of the gang is living my worst nightmare by trying to make it out of a carnival ran by pagans who are just trying to resurrect their old gods. Our local Scooby gang is in, gets in the way of their plans, though, which results in Roz getting turned into a statue, which should be something that Sabrina could easily fix, but she just can't be bothered because she has, the, she has to help the coven restore their power and release a ceremonial rabbit out into the forest, goddammit. And just when the witches are starting to get all charged up by those good, good moonbeams, those pesky pagans eat the ding-dang thing. So, Taste Boys, I ask you this. 
if the moon was made of cheese, would you eat that, it? After all that, yeah. I have so much to talk yeah. about, and Follow that's what you want to know. Are you regretting this, you guys? What kind of cheese? Oh, Gouda, obviously. Oh, Gouda. Gouda's the goodest. It's yes, the goodest. I would eat the shit out of that Gouda. Is it smoked Gouda? So obviously, I'm not going to have no basic-ass Gouda. I'm at the all point right. in my life, like I feel like that my palate has mostly disregarded most vegetables, mm. but there is no cheese that I will not eat. Oh, Any no. cheese, bring it. From easy cheese to like the fanciest, stinkiest French cheese, I want it, and I want it now. That's how I measure a good party. Like, if they got a good cheese platter, that's that's a success in my book. That means you're old as fuck. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're the oldest now. <laughs> Love me a cheese platter, you guys. But Ryan, you were saying there was some stuff you wanted to talk about in there besides cheese? <laughs> yeah, the whole time I was thinking, like, if I had to pick a show to jump back onto, and mm. I, I sort of was thinking this when we covered the Sabrina third season premiere a couple weeks ago. Yeah. This is the one. It's so stupid. It's so, but it knows it. And I think that, like, Riverdale's too stupid. Katie Keene was not stupid enough. This is like this is this is right where it is, you know. I th- I think I like this. Like, it it also has so much teen detectiving, guys. And I think I have a thing for teen detectives. <laughs> I don't know if you should say that in that tone, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a but thing for teen detectives. Detective. More, de- yeah. You just gotta hit it differently. But I feel like I'm a little on the fence for it. There's sometimes where it feels like it's just so much that it's doing. Like it's packing a lot in there, and sometimes it can feel exhausting. But then it'll have moments where like. It does know exactly what it is, and like I'm fine with that. I wonder if the reason I like it is because uh, going back to Lock and Key and October Faction, it's the Netflix thing of please stop giving me nothing Netflix. Like just, yeah. I would rather, I would so much rather have more story than less. The the Marvel Defenders Netflix world was so boring. And I just want like as much story thrown at me as possible. Yeah. I could tell you what would turn you off from this, Ryan, because we share this. Um, there is a moment where uh, Nick is still, because he had Satan in him, which a byproduct is that he has a little hoof foot. And we see that hoof foot so much. There's a moment where he's like trying to scrub it like he thinks he could scrub off the hoof foot. It is the worst thing that has ever aired no, on no, television. No, no, Like, if you've got goat toes, that's fine. Oh, I, you're into that. Human. No, I'm not into. Don't say it like I'm, <laughs> no, into, I'm into, into it. Into that. You're into that. Human toes are disgusting. Okay. But like, yeah, I would prefer that every human had goat toes. Okay, no, it's still, it has human toes, but then there's a little hoof on top of it. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Oh, okay, that's, that's the worst that's, of all worlds. Yeah. literally the worst thing that's ever. That's disgusting. But overall, I mean, the episode wasn't the worst thing ever. It did. It's it knows what it's doing, so I mean, I jump on, join me. How do you feel about uh, your lead? Do you think she's a good actress? It depends on the moment. Yeah, there was one like sometimes she gets away with too much. Like she sucks, and not enough people call her out on it. Right, for sure. In this episode, like the this episode was satisfying because by the end, Nick does like he goes off on her completely, and that felt good. So that's why, like, at least that moment got me to the next episode. I'm playing it kind of episode by episode. Yeah, you know, keep it cash. Keep it cash. Keep it cash. Cashy. Cashy? Keep it cash. Keep it cash. Keep. Mm. Nope, we're going to. You guys had it at the beginning. That's it. Well, that is it for Sabrina. It is on Netflix. All the episodes are out. We are watching it week by week, though, and you should do that with us. Up next is The Flash. On um, episode 611 of The Flash, Iris is back from Mirror World. Don't talk about it. It's everything is normal. Nothing is wrong at all, except she is sexier, can now make pancakes, and is mad at Barry for not taking her seriously. Meanwhile, Amunit and Goldface are back in town, but they've broken up and are trying to out-heist each other for an orchid that lets you read people's minds. Mean, meanwhile, Killer Frost is trying to learn what it means to be a good friend. Taste buds, I ask you this. 
At the end of the episode, it's revealed that an evil double has trapped Iris in the mirror world. Is that a bullshit way to handle real issues her character has with Barry's savior complex? I'm so sorry. When you say mirror, do you mean like mirror the okay. reflective thing or mirror like the, the Russian satellite? You're talking about the, the Russian satellite? The Russian satellite. Right. It works this is, they watch Lock and Key and we can do that. That's what a mirror thing is hot. It's hot right now, you guys. It is hot right now, and so is Iris. Uh, <laughs> but like, she goes off on Barry, and he knows something's a little weird, but he doesn't know she went on the secret mission, uh, saying like she she got ready for life without him. She like kind of already mourned him, and he's back and like ordering her around. And she like is the boss and started her own company. Like it was a pretty cathartic moment, and at the end it reveals it wasn't her. And that feels uh, like horseshit. That sucks. So they wanted their cake and to have it also do an Iris thing too. Yes. I feel like that from now on, from here on out, all boys when they're in, like when they're writing their own vows should like do all the usual stuff and then also say like, and you also can't go on a secret mission because I will be so worried and then you'll just make me feel like less of a man if you go on a secret mission. Like that's the problem, right? Well, she did wake up in the middle of the night, not wake up her superhero husband and break into a multi-million dollar complex and then get sucked into a mirror world. So I don't know. Maybe Bear is right on this one. <laughs> I heard that this was a very important episode of The Flash that explained Iris, but really it unexplained iris it unless like she's split and both of them are her but it the episode ended with her like evil her macking hard on her husband which is fine but this show just hasn't showed that happen uh and then her like slamming on the mirror watching it happen i would love that six seasons of the flash have developed that iris real iris kisses like this but mirror iris kisses like this I, I do I, this. It was a delight. It was so much Silver Age goofy bullshit, and the, what the Flash, when it's at its best, is doing. Uh, the the main through line, because that stuff was on the edges, was these two villains who used to be a couple are now out fighting each other. So it's them against each other against the good guys, and then they solve the thing by making the the pollen from the mind reading orchid go, and they realize they do love each other, and they just hurt each other so much, and that's why they're angry. And then just the longest makeout scene I've ever seen, and so much tongue. It looked like two dogs making out. Okay, it was I, fucking hilarious. I want to talk to you about this uh, in regards to Legends as well, but what is more hurtful when your ex says, hey, we're both villains now, we're about to go fight each other, or if your ex says, I have a date tonight? That one. That's more hurtful. It's the second one? Yes. If we're villains and we're going to fight each other, it means you're still thinking about me. The whole key to being an ex is be the first one to text the other one, I have a date tonight, right? I have a date tonight. Yeah. Just lie. It could be a lie. Yeah. Just eating just the fruit, it up. the date. I will text my ex-girlfriend 10 minutes after the breakup, I have a date tonight, just to like get that in. You got to do uh, it in the moment. Just like, you know what? This doesn't even matter. I have a date right after this. I have a date tonight. It doesn't matter. I normally do it in the middle of the breakup. <laughs> I see where Wait, this is going. does that not make me win? No. Am I the asshole there? <laughs> I think you might be the asshole on that one. <laughs> Uh, Barry tries to arrest Amunet as Barry and she knows he's also the Flash and she says aren't you just CSI and he goes I'm a cop who can still arrest you like the show has realized Barry shouldn't be taken seriously and it's made it so much better all the villains could say his hero outfit is a little onesie and he gets very upset what it sounds like is that uh, the show realized that Barry's tone shouldn't take over the show's tone like let the show be wacky and stupid and have Barry go pout and be emo whenever he needs to be and then have the show make fun of him when he does it well, Mike, you've mentioned some great moments. Do you have a specific moment of the week, though? Uh, in the villain makeout scene, uh, Amunet has her arm covered in metal, and she can normally take it off. And she's like, "Oh, I should get rid of this," because she like scratched his face, and he goes, "No, Daddy likes metal." Okay, uh, and it's that. Oh, it was that. Man. <laughs> Flash I was... is on Tuesday nights on the CW. Daddy, Daddy is... likes metal. 
Daddy's been kicked up to like uh, moist and panties, right? Yeah. It's a word that no one wants to hear that ever again. Say all the time. Oh. <laughs> daddy's moist panties. Moist daddies handle panties. <laughs> That's was... what we say before we warm up before the show. No, you guys. Nope. We're moving on. Next up is October faction. And on this week's episode, while the parents are away, the kids will throw a huge rager at the family mansion, but just like every high school party, it quickly gets out of hand as some uninvited spectral guests show up, and we see Geoff's abilities of seeing dead people get stronger. So, Taste Buds, I ask you this. What's the worst case scenario? A ghost shows up to your party or your creepy neighbor from next door? You already said it. It was the other thing. It was somebody who we're supposed to call Jeff, but spells it G-off shows Geoff. up. Yeah, Geoff shows I'm up. I'm not going to call you Jeff, bro. <laughs> like, no. No, that's honestly, that's why I just wanted to bring attention to that. If you spell your name like that, you are dumb. It is G-off. I'm sorry. It was spectral guest British or what was the second one? Your creepy neighbor from next door. Oh, man. I've only always had creepy neighbors who were like borderline. They were somewhere in between. Uh, that guy, that very main guy from Pet Cemetery, who rails, and uh, Wilson from Home Improvement, you know, and there's some sort of like weird, uh, I don't know, touches children thing in between there that I don't like. I'm going to take the specter. I'm going to like, uh, I would rather have yeah. a ghost in the party. Yeah. 100%. Who knows what kind of personality they'll have? 100%. Because then you, like, the ghost isn't, probably isn't there to make friends, but your neighbor is, and he's trying so hard to become a friend. And yes. He's gonna, yeah. That's the thing. Have, have you guys seen Game Night? Yes. Every neighbor is Jesse Plemons from Game Night. Absolutely. Which just tries too hard and it's terrifying. And then wasn't he like the ringleader of the entire thing? He was the cu- creepy cop? I don't remember. I don't remember. Did you say cucky cuck? He was a cookie cuck. <laughs> He's a cookie cucker. <laughs> takes all the cookies. Well, you guys, that is October Faction. It is all out on Netflix, but you can watch it week by week. Are we taking a break in between? Do we just go nope. all the way through? Sorry. Okay. Edit. Edit. We're not edit. cutting. We're, hey, we're not cutting. We're edits. Listeners, cut this out. All right. Next up, we are going to talk about Stumptown. On this week's episode of Stumptown, Dext. Edit. Edit. Cassie, one more time, please. Up next, we are talking about Stumptown. On this week's episode of Stumptown, Dex is hired by an engaged lady to investigate her fiance and see what's behind the hurried nuptials. Meanwhile, Hoffman goes head-to-head with his father. Taste buds, I ask you this. If you went head-to-head with your father, as in got into a headbutting contest with your dad, who would win? Okay, that last part is very important, that it's headbutting contest. It, my dad would win. He's got such a huge head, you guys. It's absurd. It's just like, a thick nog. Thick nog, and I would never want to go against that. Do you have his head, or do you have your mother's tiny, normal head? I got a tiny, normal head. Well, I don't know. You guys tell me. How big is my head? It depends on how well I do at this episode. <laughs> No, I would I say think that, it's a dainty petite head. Oh my god, thank you. <laughs> um, the thing is, it, it's not just size though. It's like uh, I think it's uh, rigidity of density. the forehead. Yeah, the density, and then also the are you willing to get back up? Because nobody wants to take a headbutt, mm-hmm. but are you willing to take one straight to the fucking noggin and say I could do another one? And there's no way that I could beat my dad at that. Yeah, you spit a little bit of brain out, and then you hop back up and do it again. And I love how it just squirts so gently out of your ear. <laughs> Just like a leak little, out of your ear. A little bit of gogurt coming out of there. That's why every time I, I'm about to get headbutted, I put my hands around my ears just to shoot that brain back into my head. <laughs> you got double brain now. <laughs> I've got double brain. <laughs> but no, I will say that uh, Mike, your father, mm-hmm. Hancart Brooklyn. Hancart Brooklyn himself. Senior the third. 
uh, that guy would, and you have a giant head. You basically Thank look you. like a statue from Easter Island who came to life. Uh, he would decimate you in the headbutt challenge. Yeah, if I'm Easter Island, he's Rushmore in, in sizes of heads. Also, you have so many reasons to live. The only reason your father has to live is to beat you at headbutting. So he's going and, to win. And make money on that handcart. It's his name <laughs> and it's his profession. That's why they call me Postman George. I don't think anybody calls you that. That is a lie, Ryan. Up next, we are going to move on from that joke. So good. We are going to talk about Kitty Keen. You know, I'm being gracious over here. <laughs> on the second episode of Katie Keen, all our beautiful New York babies are in turmoil as K.O. chases down the bandit who stole his ring. Katie can't decide if she wants to marry K.O. Josie has to find an extra side hustle because apparently she's never paid rent in her life and she grossly miscalculated the cost of living in New York. Jorge is actually being held accountable for his actions at an audition for the biggest musical out right now. Yeah, you guys, that's right. It's fucking Cats. Come on. (laughs) While at this audition, he finds out he's been blacklisted after his outburst. Luckily, though, the director for some lesser-known historical rap called Jefferson is willing to give him a shot if he will play the part a little more straight. Meanwhile, what we... We uh, finally see what was a little bit off about Pepper. Now that we know she has spent her time in New York trying to pull off the greatest heist ever. So, Taste Friends, I ask you this. Now that it looks like the show is getting a bit more realistic, are you guys going to give it another shot? That was more realistic. More realistic, <laughs> okay. you guys? There's well, cats, there's Jefferson, there's heists. It's more realistic. It's so much in the real I world. Will, that's a good question. I will say that uh, I have another show to add to my oeuvre, my weekly watching. And it's up to Sabrina and Katie Keene. And I got to say... As much as I like the Katie Keene pilot, and Mike did not like it because he doesn't like uh, shows led by women. um, (laughs) Way to flip the script on him. That I would go with Sabrina because Katie Keene doesn't have it yet. Let's do this, Cassie. How about in six weeks? Then you try to convince me that this show is worth it. I got to give it a bit more time. I mean, I feel like... I set that bar so low. Like you guys, you guys were pretty harsh on it. Like, I, like you said, it was a good pilot. It introduced the characters. It did what it needed to do. It's not. It's not a show that's going to break anything or do anything new. It's not going to like. It's not trying to do much. So when you set that bar low for it, like my bar was on the ground. So this time, when they actually like made one of these kids be held responsible for their shitty actions, I was like, wow, wow, show. And the other thing, too, is that uh, instead of saying, let's leave Cats in 2019 and never talk about it again, they're busting into 2020 saying, no, more yes. Cats all the never time. Forget. Let's do this. We get to see you guys. We get to see him perform. They tell him to give his little jellicle performance. Oh, it's a jellicle God. choice. It's oh, a jellicle choice. Which jo- song is it? Is it Rum Tum Tugger? No, is it's, it Mr. Mistopheles? It's no song. It's just like a jaunty little tune they give him to like just act cat-like to. It Ooh, is he's just like pawing around the stage. One, okay, I'm in. I'm back, baby. 100%. With I grew up on cats. I am what I am. <laughs> oh my god, cats was never good. I know that we spent like the last year making fun of it. It has been stupid forever, sure. guys. But when it's your first musical, I got Stockholm syndrome into cats. It was my first <laughs> musical, and I was just told it was the best. And it took years of breaking away in serious therapy. But speaking of like the best musicals, that was one of the moments uh, with the pilot. You guys mentioned how it was like jarring that it's set in New York, but there's still things that are a little bit off. Mm-hmm. In this episode, a little bit Riverdale, a little bit Riverdale. So this episode, like he auditions for Jefferson, but then they also mention Lin Manuel later on, and I was like, these two can't exist. Like if Lin Manuel exists, there is Hamilton, and why did we have to switch up the president? What is the over under on uh, Lin Manuel appearances on Katie Keene through its six year run? Seven. That's the over under. I will yeah. take the under. I will. 
un- definitely under on that one. But there is that guy's a whore. He'll show up wherever you want. <laughs> on the record, Lin Manuel is a whore. It's important to say out there. But I mean, there is moments where it's still like it does know what it is. My, one of my favorite moments was that like a. Uh, well, is- I don't want your favorite moment. I want the mo- the moment of the week, Cassie. What would that be? Okay, well, if we're doing moment of the week, it's gonna be when uh, Ko tells Katie that he they have catched. They have caught the <laughs> catch. There's did. too many cut sounds. There's too many, but they they've caught the alphabet bandit, and he's going to go to the police station, and he wants her to come with her, so like to see if they still have the ring, which means that this motherfucker was going to repropose to her in a police station, and that let me know that maybe he does belong in Philly. Like, oh right man, there, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's a real Philly move. Now you are talking me into watching the show, <laughs> and I love, I gotta love, and there's only one city that you can be from to go to New York and say, no, I'm still this, and it's Philly, and I love how he's just like Philly, 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 everywhere in New York. <laughs> Baby, it's all Philly. Who is the the number one character on the show? Where when they go away, you're like, oh, I wanted more of them. When they go away, at this moment, I don't have. It might actually be Ko. This is the pro- it, it might oh actually. Oh man, Ko is the worst. <laughs> but he's just so Kobe dumb. O'Brien. He's dumb and fun, and I just love to see him on the screen. Uh, following, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, Ko can't be on every show, but we do get other. Riverdale characters, and we're going to talk about Riverdale next. It's the Ides of March on this week's episode of Riverdale, and that, as we all know, is the day Jughead dies. Jughead has been thrown off the Baxter Bros book, and Brett is using the sex tape he made of Jug and Betty doing the nasty as leverage. Meanwhile, every time Veronica fights with her dying father, she gets horny as fuck and goes to screw Archie. Yeah. All of, <laughs> all of this culminates at the annual Ides of March high school party, where Donna uses another code word on Betty, once again creating Dark Betty, who, as far as we can tell, smashes Jug's head in with a rock until he dies. This means that the present has caught up with the flash forwards, and now it's time for this season to take off. Taste buds, I ask you this. Maybe not in Runaways, but in this world of Riverdale, does dead mean dead? Nah, they're not going to kill Jughead, the narrator, unless it's, are they going to Desperate Housewives it, so the narrator is from the beyond? We get a ghost writer. Guys, I got one in. I got a joke in. <laughs> It was a comic yeah, book reference. Yeah, got it. <laughs> uh, maybe Cole Sprouse, right? Which is the yeah. uh, grocery maybe. store that I shop at. Uh, maybe he was like, oh, I'm getting too famous and I want off this show. But no, they're going to. They're going to back all of this up and it's going to be yeah, fucking stupid. It was, all, it was all in Brett's head. Also, like, so Brett's leverage is I have a video. I took a videotape of minors having sex even though they are boyfriend and girlfriend. That's only a comeback on Brad if he releases that. Yeah, I think somebody says, like, oh, you have taped hundreds of minors having sex. I wonder <laughs> if that's going to be rough for you. Um, let's talk about Veronica, though, who really does have a uh, full-out spasm in this episode. Uh, she realizes that uh, Archie is dumb and Finally. not going to graduate took a while. and going to there. live in Riverdale forever. Um, she's going to Yale or some shit. Uh, Archie... Uh, isn't going to graduate high school. They find a uh, flask in Veronica's locker and Archie steps up and says, oh, that's mine because I already know I'm not going to graduate. And Veronica says nothing. And then after the principal leaves, says, thanks. That, that, that's why we're going out is so you could do that <laughs> shit for me. Uh, that it all makes sense. And then, yeah, every time that uh, she talks to Hiram, her father, she runs to Archie's sweet-ass shirtless body and fucks the shit out of him. I don't know. Is this, is this taking the thing that we always knew that... Uh, I don't know. Daughters love their daddies, and taking it is it uh, too, too on the nose here? Too, yeah. too in your face. It's a little too red tuby. <laughs> <laughs> what are what are your red tube searches like, Mike? 
Daughter Loves Daddy. Okay, good. <laughs> goat foot. The guys. <laughs> no, the goat foot's so terrible. None of these moments would be my moment of the week, but Ryan, what is yours? Uh, Veronica sits down to a computer and types in, Daughter Loves Her Goat Foot Daddy. <laughs> And then rubs one out harder than you have ever seen. <laughs> um, my moment of the week, I will say, is uh, when Archie finds Betty over the the corpse of Jughead. Uh, his head is just blown apart. Like <laughs> she fucking really rocked him with this rock, and then goes down and checks his pulse, which I love. Like <laughs> he's got he's got brains everywhere, and he's like, "Well, supposed to do that. I got to put the two fingers in," and then looks at Betty. And then says, oh, my God, he's dead. But then remembers that, like, he and Betty are best friends. And he's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> you know, whatever we have to do to protect you, uh, we're best friends. Riverdale's on Wednesday nights on every CW channel you own. <laughs> can't get enough of it. Also show we personally can't get enough of Legends. This week on DC's Legends of Tomorrow, a serial killer who Mick went to high school with comes back to life to attack their 20-year reunion back in 2004. So Mick, Sarah, and Ava go to protect the reunioners while Nate, Nor, Ray, B, and Zari travel back to 1989 to stop him from ever becoming a serial killer. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Would you listen to Ava's serial killer podcast? Is there any chance it's good? Ava is on fire right now. And we've talked about this a lot during the long run that we've been talking about legends where sometimes characters are just on right like uh Mm -hmm. zari zari had her day in the sun last year zari was in the background for so long and then had like six episodes in a row including the groundhog day episode where she was on fire ava went from uh performing in her brain bell bib devoe's poison with perfect uh like music and uh choreography to this week uh we just find out that she has a podcast and everything is falling in line for her podcast Absolutely, I would listen to it. They've legendified her. It's just like we used to hate Nate, and they did. Ava was very like the the straight, narrow, ran a government bureaucracy, but now she is lost in the wind and is spiraling hard, and it's fucking beautiful. Yeah, and and it goes back to the thing that we talked about last week, where uh, they will do the things that movies do with movie magic, but explain it a little bit. So uh, with Ava last week, it was it's actually not a perfectly choreographed dance, but you were drunk, and that's what you thought. And in this one, it was instead of this nerd learning how to become the cool guy at the high school, it was there was a fucking fairy godmother who made yeah. it happen. So, like, all of the 80s jumps that they, those movies would make are explained right now. Right, yeah. They, they were saying, aren't 80s movies dumb? There are also times where it looked like he was like, wait, I don't need to date this high schooler. I might try to date my fairy godmother. Right, yeah. He looked Nora up and down a couple of times. There were some times of like, that, yeah. Oh. And they did such a good job of not saying school shooter. Like, yeah. instead of saying, oh, we have to protect these children from being shot with a gun because of a nerd that got bullied, they were like, no, 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 80s, when they would become a slasher. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, just murdering people with a machete, like, because that's fiction. Good classic fun. Yeah. And they even did the, the horror movie twist where it was his mom the whole time. All, all of, like, they get how to fuck with genre and tropes. Well, do you think they did a good job of uh, showing the mom in the one scene that we got the mom and making her seem normal and definitely not the culprit? <laughs> Well, I don't know, like, because TV, TV has taught us one thing than reality. I think a normal mom would freak out watching her son get electric chaired. Yes. Uh, but she overdid it, and you're like, no, nah, she's probably fucked up. Yes, the mom wa- watching her son get the chair, because uh, she was responsible for all of it. She dies of a heart attack, and so there were two deaths that night. But in the first time we meet her, um, she uh, she finds out that her son is going to prom and not watching right. movies with her the whole time, and she's like, huh? That's fine. No, it's totally fine. Yeah, no, it's, that's yeah. when you're like, ah, she's gonna kill all those kids. 
for sure. Do we? Th- I do like with uh, Nora's the the fair godmother, and like after like the bullies bullied him, and they're like, oh no, let's do. And so he gets up. And he just Rick Aisley's pretty badly. I like even with the help of magic. It's just the kids are like turned on by confidence. Yeah, he's not good suddenly. No, but yeah, it's the, uh, yeah, it's like the the spell gave you confidence and not magic dancing skills. You still uh, only have what you're born with. Which I don't know if you guys have ever seen me uh, six shots in at a bar. I can in my mind, I can definitely do the shoot. But if you film me and show me the next day, I cannot do the shoot at all. The the craziest reveal in this whole episode is I started to do math on my literal calculator. I think Mick is fifty four. Uh-huh. That, uh huh. That makes to, sense to, to me. His twenty year reunion was an but like he looks it, but everybody else is no matter how old the actors are. I'm sure their characters are twenty six. So it was just baffling that nobody's ever made old jokes at him. Well, Katie Lotz is twenty six until the day she dies. Like that is just Katie Lotz. I uh, I referenced this earlier about talking about making out. Um. Eventually, Mick does get to make out with uh, his former girlfriend, Lady Mick, and I uh, like. There's real life making out, and then there's movie making out, and what they do to each other's mouths is the most drunk, awful, gross, <laughs> open mouth, tongues everywhere, garbage bullshit I've ever been forced to watch. That is not my <laughs> mom and dad. It feels like the actors realize with who they are, it should cut away to them railing doggy style. But because it's on the CW, they can't. So they gave us something even grosser. And I was pissed because she like reaches down his pants and he's like, she's like, oh, what is that? And I knew what was going to happen. He's like, oh, that's my fire gun. I was like, all right, good joke. Doesn't matter. This was a bad ending. And then they make out like they did. And I was like, nope, great ending. Nope. Look at them. <laughs> they swung it back around. It was as if uh, two people who were trying to get mouth to mouth then got their mouths or their heads like shoved at each other and just moved all around like your finger painting. It was insane to watch. How is uh, new Zari working for you? I now that she's on the show on the team. Okay, so we talked about this a couple weeks ago where we said uh, Tom Cavanaugh has this CW thing where he just gets to do this thing, this new thing every season. I like Zari, and I love Tom Cavanaugh, and the actress who plays Zari. I just, I, I just want Zari. I want to see Tom Cavanaugh right. do whatever he thinks of this year, and I miss Zari. You know, like this is not the same thing. Yeah, and like you can only get so much mileage of Kim Kardashian on Legends of Tomorrow. Like, I don't know what other jokes they have about it. And then they did it with uh, what's her butt, who took a spaceship to Constantine's house charlie charlie they did it with that but that that was like that was not a actress or character that i was already you know in like with yeah Yeah. but with zari like i hope that at some point and i don't think it'll happen she snaps back and is just the zari that we know well you guys that's a moment you're hoping for do you guys have moments of the week for this episode my moment of the week has to be when uh hair what's his name nick ray oh nick nick and ray dress up as principals slash teachers of the high school and it's just raised glasses his like sort yeah. of like not transition just always look like that shade uh are amazing uh at a certain point uh the bullies uh want to reveal to the kid who might be a serial killer that they they're going to carry him even though the girl has now been won over and the main bully says it was a setup butt lump and that's all i want to say to anybody <laughs> all the time Butt lump means you have cancer. Like that's a yeah, that's a crazy word. Butler, you have cancer of the ass. You got to get that checked out. You little butt lump. Well, you guys, we did it. We got through the major Woo! butt lump, the pull list. Cassie, how do you feel? I feel good. You guys, did we do it? Do you feel like we did it? I think you guys, you guys 
Hey, A plus, gold star. No, I'm talking about you. Oh, me? We know that we did wonderful. Yeah, we crushed it. How much shit do you think me and Mike are going to talk on you after you leave the studio? Mm, Well, as per usual, it's going to be at least a 15-minute meeting. I know this. That is true. Yeah. She does know us. Of our meetings. (laughs) Gotta have those meetings. Well, you guys, where is, what's a website people should go to? Who? Our listeners. No, who is going to say that? Yourpopfilter.com is where you should go to get all the things we do. And Ryan, I'm going to give you a shot now. What's a web- another website? Uh, go to yourpotfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark. Buy all your shit from there. It will cost you no more. It may cost you less. It's not going to cost less. I don't know how less. it works. Yeah. But uh, maybe that we get a couple of pennies every time you buy a thing. Yourpotfilter.com slash Amazon. Mike, what's another way we can get some pennies? We can get some pennies if you go to patreon.com slash yourpotfilter. Pick a tier, shed a tier, and you'll get extra content. And an- Help us out. Patreon.com slash your pop filter. Check it out. What's another way they can get more content from us? Where are we posting you guys? Oh my God. We have so many podcasts on so many podcast apps. Go to your favorite podcast app. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Superhero Hour Hour. I, I'm so sorry. The Superhero Show Show. show yes. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, give that five stars and subscribe. Also, make sure that you're uh, subscribed to Movie of the Year, which is me and Mike versus a non Cassie, which is not that good of a show. And then uh, the OCD, which is me and Mike, and that's all you need for a show. Rate, subscribe, review. We appreciate it. You can go to ratethispod.com slash superhero, no matter where you are, and that takes you to all the places you can rate this specific show. No matter where you are? No matter where you are. Egypt? In the elevator, in (laughs) Egypt, in Atlantis. All those. Well, you guys, no matter where you are, you should join us next week as we discuss the series finale for Runaway. That has been the show for Mike. I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For Greg, I'm Taylor. And for the listeners on the world, good night. Cassie. Oh, you got that right. Lock and key, baby. Lock and key. Oh shit, Birds of Prey came out?